Welcome to today's edition of the Matrix Care Podcast, brought to you by the software leaders for long-term care providers. Matrix Care is dedicated to sharing knowledge and building awareness among providers across the spectrum, from home care to skilled nursing to senior living and life plan communities. Our topics will focus on industry-specific trends or a specific technology that is shaping our industry. We will strive to educate and entertain along the way and, where appropriate, put Matrix Care products in the spotlight to discuss in detail how they help you achieve high-quality results. We will also include guest speakers in every episode, experts from either within Matrix Care or industry figures among our clients or partners who will help advance our chosen topic of discussion. We're fortunate to have many of the recognized industry experts as part of the Matrix Care team. So thanks for listening. We're excited to bring you today's show, and we're glad you're alongside the ride. My name is Dr. DeVore. I'm Director of Enterprise Interoperability at Matrix Care. Brought to you, of course, by our company, Matrix Care, the long-term care software leader on improving the lives of seniors and the people who care for them. If you want more information about us, visit our website at www.matrixcare.com to learn more or just call us directly at 800-869-1322. Today we're going to be discussing innovation, which is important for the following reasons. It solves problems, it adds value, and it provides you, the provider, a competitive advantage in your marketplace. So at the conclusion of the podcast, we hope you'll be able to take away uh, a better understanding of the topic, how uh, you can make that information actionable, maybe uh, form a call to action within your organization, and maybe even discover ways that uh, matrix care can help. Today we're joined by Naveen Gupta, Vice President of Software Engineering for Matrix Care. And Naveen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doc. Thank you for, for having me. So you're not uh, new to this software business. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Naveen. Yeah, so I've been um, with the software industry for about 20 years now. Uh, developing software for various domains. Uh, primarily, most of my career was in telecommunication. Uh, I moved into access control and security. And prior to coming to Matrix Care, um, I was doing healthcare. And, uh, you know, so just building, building software um, uh, on different various platforms and OS and, and architectures and so forth. Right. And you've done that for some fairly well-known companies. Uh, um, so... Uh, we're just thrilled to have you uh, at Matrix here. So we want to talk innovation, and when I say that word, what jumps out at you? What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's a great question, Doc. Um, you know, when I think about innovation, it's all about problem solving and value creation. You know, oftentimes we think it's about technological breakthroughs, um, but it's more than that. It's anywhere within a typical business value chain uh, that we're driving improvements. Um, second, you know, I think what's really important to understand about innovation is, is it needs to be tied to outcome, right, mm-hmm. which means it makes uh, our customers see the value and they're willing to pay more or they're able to drive costs down in, in certain cases or in some cases, it might be driving um, social benefits, right? So it, it's not entirely limited just to technological aspects, uh, but you've got to be able to tie it to outcomes as well. There you know, I think some, some value. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's 
you know, when you think about innovation, it helps to think about in terms of a framework, right? So um, on, on one side, you can think about it as, okay, does this in innovation require a new business model, right? Or does this fit within an existing business model? Um, does it require new technologies or does it require just the existing technologies that are in place? And sort of if you use a combination of these four, you sort of arrive at different things, right? So for example, if you take um, existing business model and you take existing technical competencies, right, it's typically referred to as a routine innovation, right? Think mm -hmm. about uh, Windows, right? You are going from Windows 98 to Windows Vista to, to, to Windows 10. Um, you know, so you're just, you're sort of incrementally building something out. That's, that's sort of routine. Um, if you have existing uh, technologies in play, but you, you use a, a new business model, right? Think about, you know, the ability to watch and rent movies, right? You had Blockbuster, mm -hmm. for example, and then you, you, here you have Netflix. Right. It's, it's the same sort of, uh, uh, you know, um, competencies in terms of the media, right? Uh, but you have a new, new business model, right? You have, you have a, a model where you're able to uh, essentially stream online or you're able to get DVDs mailed in. Uh, so it broke the sort of the conventional way. Um, you know, a third kind is, you know, which requires new technical competencies, but also requires a new business model, right? Think about newspapers, for example, right? Mm -hmm. um, the ability for us to be able to read news online, right? Clearly, you had new technology to make content available, right? Right. A new business model as well, right? You may have a monthly subscription service. You know, there are um, certain, um, um, you know, websites that charge you for a you know, number of free uh, articles that you can read or, or free, free sections. And then you have premium sections as well mm -hmm. involved in that, right? So you have sort of those combinations of, you know, a new business model or an existing business model, new technical competencies, uh, you know, or uh, existing technical competencies that give you a range of innovations that can that can occur. Now, some of those things become disruptive. For instance, you talked about Blockbuster and Netflix, and Blockbuster, right. to their peril, ignored the changing times, right? Right. And so often when we talk about Netflix, uh, who started out as a subscription, mail your CDs back and forth and so on, they became disruptive. What does that mean? Yeah, so, so disrupt, in, in disruptive innovation, you know, it, it isn't entirely a case of new technical, technological breakthrough, but a new business model that changes the game, right? Yeah. There are other examples, obviously. The most popular ones are Uber, right, mm -hmm. the taxi, right? You think about Uber. Think about Airbnb and, and the, in the typical hotel, um, you know, which, which most people use. But Airbnb challenges the business model that's there. Um, and so disruptive innovation is just that. It takes the sort of the conventional um, ways of working and challenges the status quo and brings in a new way to approach the, the same problem. And healthcare is, is for, for disruptive innovation. Think about healthcare. So healthcare um, has more than doubled as a share of America's GDP. You know, it rose from 7% in 1970 to 18% in, in 2017, right? And a lot of this, as you know, Doc, very well, you know, is tied to a fee-for-service reimbursement model. Almost half of healthcare spending is a re result of supply push, where something is being pushed down instead of, of pull. Think about paper, that, the amount of paper yeah. that's still used in healthcare, right? Less than 10% 
of hospitals say there, there has ever been, they've been able to trade records entirely through their digital systems, right? right. So, so you will begin to see more and more disruptive innovation happening. Think about doctors on demand, right? The ability to, you know, offer low-cost video visits with physicians, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you have others like Heal and Pager, which enable patients to order on-demand concierge medical services to their home. Healthcare is ripe in many ways and aspects of it, you know, for disruptive innovation where the status quo will, will be challenged. Just recently, Doc, you've probably read on the news about Amazon and, and some other larger employees thinking about providing their own network of medical services, which right. means out, outside the conventional um, healthcare system that they want to set up their own network uh, to provide the employees because they feel it's going to be uh, much more efficient uh, cost and better care as a result of this. So, you know, there will be a number of disruptive innovations over the years that's going to happen uh, even within the healthcare space. Disruptive technology or disruptive innovation is going to be key to survival in some areas, isn't it, Naveen? Yeah, I I think the key is, you know, if if organizations become complacent, right, with, with, or even providers for that matter, right, with the status quo of how business as normal looks like, then there will be uh, new startups, right, challenging the way um, um, things are done and finding better ways ways to do it. The things that costed, uh, you know, a lot of money in the past, um, you know, you, you, will, you will notice that those would typically be the ones that will be, um, you know, you'll have organizations and startups looking to find better ways to solve those problems. To say that's the way we've always done it. The fax yep. machine and healthcare, uh, a big brick and mortar store for Blockbuster. Right. Those are not things to cling to that right. you need to. Right. Is there a better way to do this? So. Correct. So last uh, last winter, uh, toward the end of the year, uh, you led an effort at Matrix Care for what was called a hackathon. Correct. Right? What's the hackathon, and what's that all about? Yeah, it, it wasn't entirely me, Doc. It was it was a group of people within our leadership team um, that that sort of uh, got involved. And a hackathon is, is simply an event, um, you know, within the within the, the the sort of the software sort of technology industry where uh, you bring people together um, to solve a problem or solve a set of problems. And typically, uh, it's run for uh, a set period of time, right? And it could be for a day, for two days, for, for sometimes even for more than that. And, um, uh, and you just allow, you give people an opportunity um, to use their talent um, to, to bring the best minds together to solve a certain problem. So what we did was we did, we did it as a, a, a single-day event. Um, it was uh, for a full 24 hours. Um, we opened it up to everyone within the research and development organization. And maybe in, in the future, we should probably think about opening it up to others as well, because I had people ask me outside of R&D saying, hey, we want to be involved as well. And, um, and, and rightly so, because the best ideas doesn't necessarily have to come in from within the technology space. It can come in from, from other places as well. And, um, you know, so we, we ran it for a full 24 hours. We started at 10 p.m. the previous night and ran it all the way to 10 p.m. of the following day. And the reason for that is because we have 
um, uh, we have a development center in the Chennai office in India, and we absolutely wanted to, to include them. Uh, this also gave opportunities for the Chennai folks to start certain aspects, and then uh, the U.S. folks, as they came online, could, could continue and, and complete certain activities. We had, uh, we had a committee of judges, um, mainly matrix care executive team members were part of that. We had Joe Weber, our CTO, uh, championing this event. We also created some prizes um, associated with it, um, and also, you know, sort of highlighting some special categories um, of, um, uh, you know, just incentivizing people to build some things around Azure or mobile, uh, and so on and so forth. So we set we set up some special categories as well. We had categories, uh, Naveen, but nobody was told the problem they needed to solve, right? This was up to somebody. You want to describe how that, that mindset approaches in a hackathon? Yeah, so I think one of the key, key to hackathon is we, we didn't want to control, right? It, it was right. about freedom. It was about people uh, self-organizing, forming the teams, how they saw best fit. Uh, mm -hmm. we, they were able to come up with what problem they wanted to solve. And, um, and as a result of that, Doc, uh, the number of, um, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the innovations, the number of projects that we got, even within a 24-hour period, was, was remarkable. We had over 200 people participating, 30-plus te plus teams, and we had outputs in integration with Amazon Echo, for example. We had uh, the technical writers, for example, finding new ways to do documentation and the technology behind that. Uh, we had uh, folks um, who are very well-versed within the, within the long-term post-acute care domain, finding new ways to measure costs in episodic care. Um, we had uh, an Uber uh, of sorts for home care built. We had several mobile applications. Obviously, we had things around AI and machine learning, new testing frameworks. So we had people within the testing organization come up with new solutions, um, not only just building new tooling, but a way to even cut the time that it takes to test. So it is a wide range of innovations that we had within a single 24-hour period. There were some exciting things that came out of that. Why is such an event that important? Yeah, it's great. You know, one of my one of my favorite authors, um, you know, is Daniel Pink, and uh, you know, he he talks about motivation. His book Drive, um, you know, is 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 a bestseller. And he talks about, when we talk about human motivation, there are sort of three aspects that are really important. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And intrinsically, people have a desire to create and solve problems. We need to provide an outlet for folks to find their purpose, drive mastery, and find a sense of autonomy in what they do. And so just saying, okay, we'll stop all our operations for 24 hours, here you go. We will provide meals, plenty of sugar to get people <laughs> energized. And I know, Doc, you did participate in this, and I know you spent many, many hours uh, yeah. uh, with this, uh, and allowed people to organize, self-select the area of innovation, not limited necessarily to engineering, but open it up to BAs and tech writers and, and quality assurance people, and allow all of these members to come together and say, this is a problem that I want to solve. And the amount of innovation that we had within 24-hour periods was, was, was just remarkable. Well, and some of that's carried over into actual work. People say, oh, that's pretty cool, right? And that, that, that is true. The, you know, uh, some of those efforts really have 
uh, form the backbone of what we want to do in terms of innovation for 2018 and, and, and going beyond that to really say how do we potentially productize this and how do we bring in some of the value that was created. Remember, we talked about innovation being tied mm -hmm. to value, mm -hmm. bringing that value so that at the end of the day, we could use it to help, in our case, um, you know, our seniors and their quality of life um, you know, in our industry. So, Naveen, everybody likes to think they're innovative. Uh, I like to think I'm just cutting edge, right? But right. not everybody is. What are what are mistakes that some people or companies make about you know, being innovative? Great question, Doc. You know, I, I think uh, a lot of companies uh, don't really have um, a clear innovation strategy. That's number one, right? And when we're talking about strategy, we're referring to sort of a commitment to a set of what we call as coherent, mutually reinforcing policies or behaviors aimed at achieving a specific competitive goal, right? And I know that's, that's sort of wordy, but, but really we're talking about having clear idea in terms of strategy of what that, you know, innovation really looks like for them. And you've got to be able to tie that innovation effort with business outcomes and business strategy, right? So again, it's very, it's very focused, right? Um, and, and it's not just that you're chasing the next big thing, right, the, which, which normally happens where when you hear buzzwords, you know, which we hear machine learning and blockchain and cognitive computing or, or wearables, um, you know, organizations can get immediately gravitate towards that, right? But you've, the, the, the question you've got to ask is, how do these technologies help drive business outcomes for me. And uh, so I think, I think that, that's a common mistake that, that, that companies typically, typically make. Um, the second that I think uh, is, is important is structural mistakes, which means in organizations we can create two class of citizens, right? Uh, those who innovate and those who, who, who generate revenue. So you have you know, folks that are sort of working on the cutting edge and then you have folks that are working uh, typically on things that, that drive revenue. I think um, Transformative ideas can originate from anywhere within an organization, and so being able to create that um, foundation culturally where it enables folks to um, innovate and provide new ideas is, is something that organizations should work towards. So what can companies do differently then to be an innovative company? Yes, yeah, there's, there's several things they can do, you know, one of which is <clears throat> draft a clear innovation strategy. And I think that, that strategy needs to be rolled out and shared so everyone sort of understands that. Uh, create a shared vision. Make sure everyone knows where the organization is headed. Um, create autonomy, something that we did with the, with the, with the uh, hackathon project, which is really allow employees to define their areas that they can contribute, uh, drive some of the intrinsic motivation, you know, which means in hiring, you know, you are hiring naturally curious people who, who like to learn. Mm -hmm. um, enable risk-taking. I think that's important. Enable employees to feel psychologically safe to take risks and try new ideas. And, um, you know, and, 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 and with anything, you know, to, to have successful innovation, um, you know, and to drive more successes, you have to be willing to risk more failures as well. And I think that that's an important um, uh, sort of, aspect to understand that uh, not every innovative idea will be successful, but your chances of success increase um, as you try more. And so you, those, are, those are several things, I think, uh, that organizations can do to help drive innovation. So from your vantage point, how well is Matrix Care doing with being innovative? 
Yeah, you know, so, I, you know, I, I've been here now maybe 15, 16 months here. Um, just thoroughly enjoy uh, being with this company. You know, you know, Matriscale recognizes the challenges we are facing in this industry, right? So we talk about aging of baby boomers and experimentation of diversity in forms, right? Uh, the consumerization of healthcare that's happening, um, increased telehealth, long-standing, um, you know, just interoperability needs, doc, you work in that space, you know, there's always going to be economic pressures, competitive challenges. Um, so what I see, you know, um, Matrix here really doing well is that if you look at that framework that I talked about earlier uh, in terms of just routine innovation, you know, disruptive innovation, architectural innovation, and radical innovation, I feel that we are doing things in all of these different categories in terms of, you know, what we can, you know, term as routine innovation, you know, thinking about the next generation of point of care, you know, building world-class analytics, right, from our first gen to the next gen analytics, um, from the current gen financial solution to the next gen financial, financial solution, same thing with therapy. So we're, we're moving the ball there, right, mm -hmm. in terms of disruptive, you know, thinking about new business models and existing technologies, you know, you're, you're plugged in with, with our care community effort, you know, the solution for just building personal health records, bringing in providers, residents, family members, and integrating all of those different pieces together. Um, architectural, you know, thinking about existing business models and new technologies. So, again, you know, tying all of those different pieces together, maybe just clinical decision support is, is a good example of that. Um, and then radical, which is really the new business model and new technology. Some of some of the things that we talked about uh, that that emerged out of a hackathon, looking at deep machine learning, intelligent voice control, and some of those interactions. Um, I, I think there's a lot happening in each of those different spaces within within Matrix Care. Yeah. Any other opportunities? Yeah, you know, I, I really love what we're doing, you know, with with one of our partners, ACOs. You know, so the whole idea of co-creation. Uh, is really important, and I think um, the more we can co-create with our clients, uh, I think there are opportunities there. They understand the needs better, and for us to be able to innovate together collectively, I think there's some opportunities there. You know, one of one of my experiences in in, in some former companies that I worked worked for was crowdsourcing, mm -hmm. and um, you know, at that time we used a company called Top Quarter, and what it is is really that. Uh, we are able to farm out certain aspects of, of innovation that we want to drive and looking for s solutions. And in, in the crowdsourcing community, you have a large pool from anywhere in the world, you know, that, that sort of collect on this platform. And for a, a, a fixed set of fees, you know, typically it's structured as, as, as awards, like prizes, your first prize, second prize. So you run these comp competitions, and um, the amount of really new cool things that we got as a result of that crowdsourcing effort was, was, was tremendous. So I think that we have opportunities maybe we can look into there. Um, you know, we talk about wearables and virtual reality. Um, you know, there are some opportunities with mixed reality, and it's not so much, you know, just having uh, an Alexa or Google Chrome that you can speak into, but it goes beyond that with mixed reality where, where, you under, where they understand your presence, they understand the context, they anticipate your needs in that location. I think there's innovation to be done in the area of haptics, right? So applying touch, which is just a tactile sensation, and controlling with that. So there, there are a number of, number of things that we can, we can continue to, to drive and innovate. So plenty of opportunities there, um, you know, within our organization and just, you know, 
the tech at large. I love our mission statement. It's clear, you know, Matrix Care, our mission is to leverage technology to improve quality of life for American seniors and those who care for them. And at the heart of it, as you can see, technology and improving quality, it's tying both technology to outcomes, tied within our mission statement. And, um, you know, I just um, I, I feel that we're on the right path with innovation and, uh, and we will, um, you know, use that as a competitive advantage. Naveen Gupta, Vice President, Software Engineering, thank you very much. Appreciate you being on the uh, episode with us today. Thank you, Doc. Thank you for having me. So that concludes today's episode of the Matrix Care Podcast. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.matrixcare.com for more information on our products and services. On behalf of Matrix Care and today's guest speaker, thanks for listening. I hope to have you back for our next episode of the Matrix Care Podcast.